Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Riverman. So, Dean, last year at Vartech, you had a segment where you talked about partner-assisted yes. solutions yes. and selling. Yes. How it's important to, you know, to, to have partners and not just try to be going it by yourself. Yes. And that a full solution means... More than just, you know, still important. Widget you've yeah. Got. yeah. Now, eight months hence. Yes. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to stop being important. We were just like, nah, we're back to just, we're back you know, to, to not your, doing that. Throw a barcode scanner on the counter, get some cash, and just walk away and say, good luck. No, we're not That's doing right. that. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah. 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 And we always talk about on the show also that no VAR is an island, you know, yes. which you don't have to do it that's by right. yourself. That's right. You, know, you yep. don't have yep. to wing it alone. Yep. Yeah. Don't so feel that's, like that's our theme today. We're going to dive a little further into this idea of partner assisted solutions and selling and how to partner up. And in particular, we're going to talk about partnering with hardware manufacturers ah, yes. and understanding a little bit more about how they fit into the, mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. solution puzzle. If you're doing it right, yeah, maybe. How yeah, they can yeah. assist you, how how you should be partnering up with them. We've got a couple folks from Star with us today. We've got Kate and Mark. They're both joining yep. us from Star to talk a little bit about this. They brought this to us. They said, hey, we'd love to talk about how you can partner up better with manufacturers. Nice. So we're going to get into what and that Star means. is one of the better ones to partner exactly. up with. We're yeah. going to get into what that means to them. What do they think the partner assisted looks like? What it means to have a partnership. We're going to talk about it from the VAR perspective. Yes. Talk about it from the ISV perspective. Ooh, yes, yes. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about when they should be getting partners mm-hmm, involved mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. The, the hardware side. And then, of course, we'll do our usual value to the VAR. What's tech connecting with us? Good I mean, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Let's just, partner up, shall we? That's right. Let's partner Let's up. Let's partner here. up. Let's get to it. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. As I mentioned, we've got two fantastic guests with us on the show today from Star Micronics. First up, we got Kate Arara. She is the partner development manager over at Star. Yep. Kate, welcome to the show. Tell us a little about yourself. I know you've been around the channel in a couple of different areas. You've got you know a lot of background and history with you know with our particular business. So tell us a little about that and what led you to where you are today. Thank you. It's so great to be on the podcast with with you, John and Dean, and uh, thanks for having us. Um, so yes, I'm Kate Rara, Partner Development Manager at Star Micronics. I have been in the channel industry for almost 18 years now. So I started when I was five. <laughs> um, <laughs> right after I graduated from Clemson University, go Tigers. And um, I, I think what was great about or what I've kind of learned in the industry, what I've kind of gained, and because you said I have been around for, for a little while yet, um, I've been at various companies. Um, really only five to be exact, but basically I've dealt with um, anywhere from the end user level to the reseller level to distribution. Um, And what I have found, and one of the things that I have been, I've always really started pushing is channel. The channel is where it's at. Um, You know, you want to take care of the end users, but focusing directly on the channel. And my, what brought me to star is just my connections through the industry, people that I've met, um, my experience and just overall understanding of the channel and the importance of what it brings to the end user for the final goal. There you go. Love it. Great. All right. Our other guest is Mark Rosho. He is the product integration manager for Star. Mark, tell us a little bit about your background. What led you to where you are today? Hey, John and Dean, thank you for having me. So um, I originally came from the auto uh, industry, uh, manufacturing auto parts. 
Um, so I did that before I came to Star. I actually did not know. I knew very little about the point of sale industry. So I started as an integration account executive with my electrical engineering background and, and software. And um, now managing the team, um, I, I love the industry and I and I noticed what's different from this industry than the automotive, a lot of partnering. So you have a lot of partners, you have the VARs, you have the end users, the ISVs, the manufacturers, and I just love the dynamics of this. And I've been doing this for four years now and I'm managing a team. We have integration specialists on the team and integration account executives. So did not know too much about the point of sale industry, but I love it. Well, hey, yep. there we go. We got two. We're experts. glad to have you. Yeah, they've got the expertise. They understand <laughs> the idea to how important it is to partner. And I mean, let's so let's let's start talking about this. Let's yeah. talk about yeah, this yeah, idea yeah. of partnering and the idea that Novar or RS or ISV in this mm -hmm, instance mm -hmm. is an island. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do this by yourself. You know, yep. and, and I mean, we we talk about this all the time on the show that yeah. you know a good solution. Again, it's not going to be one where you just have, I got a widget, I'm going to sell you that widget, and then we're done here. Because I think most end customers at this point don't want that. No, They right. want to work with people who understand that like, That's right. you need a lot of stuff. Yep. And it's okay if you're not the expert in all that stuff, because this channel helps you connect to those. That's experts. right. That's right. So so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that idea of partner-assisted selling, partner-assisted solutions. What does that mean to you guys? You know, and how have attitudes shifted about those partnerships? I mean, I'm sure once upon a time mm, people did kind yeah, of have that kind right. of segmented, siloed yeah, attitude. What do I need a partner for? You know, when is yeah, when does that happen? When did that shift occur? And, and and where are we seeing that with the end customers at this point? So I'll kind of start it off. So for me, when I started in the channel um, all those years ago, partnerships were kind of they were rare. They're very rare. Um, I worked for a services only company where we were always trying to get people to use us as their service provider. Um, we were their national service center. And a lot of resellers were very nervous about that partnership. They were like, I don't know, well, how, do, how can I trust that you're not going to go after my customers? Um, and so the, I think the, just in general that the channel has evolved where partnerships are no longer just something that would be nice to have, but it's a necessity. And those partnerships are, and the, now the technology advances where you have all these ISVs coming in with great solutions, variety of solutions um, that cater to certain end users. And the end users are just they they need to they, they need to have a solution that's going to help their business function in the most efficient way possible. Um, and I think for these resellers, they had to kind of understand their limits and the ISVs too. understand your limits and. And understand that there are certain aspects of the business that you just need to outsource. You need to develop that partnership with somebody. Find somebody who has that strength where you're weakest instead of trying to do everything. Um, ISVs, they're great at software. Resellers are good at services and hardware. So it just makes sense to combine them. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Agreed. Mark, what about you? How do you feel about the, the partner-assisted ecosphere? So I, I noticed a lot of it uh, changed during the pandemic. So what we got, like to Kate's point, a lot of new ISVs in certain uh, types of industries. So, for example, the food truck industry during COVID, um, most of them never had point of sale systems. So uh, an ISV started building a point of sale system for food trucks. And they're going to need a lot of support. They're going to need a lot of partners. They reached out to us. And we support on the integration side, uh, recommend VARs. 
So when you're a small startup and you have a niche product for a certain industry like food trucks, you're going to want a lot of support. You're going to need a lot of partnership. And, and seeing that happen, I've seen those types of ISVs grow and now they're doing really good. And I love seeing that because they started off really small. They didn't have the means. Um, so they needed VARs. They needed partners. They needed manufacturer partners. They needed support with integration and software too. And that's the, from my experience, that's the way to go. Yeah, I'm going to throw some statistics out here because I agree with with Kate, what Kate said originally there, that back in the past, because when I worked for a reseller, that the the disposition that, no, this is my customer. Right. Why in the hell right. would I want to share this with Get anybody back, else? Away, like literally, like, right. like, like you could have called my mother a name and I would have been less <laughs> offended than had you asked me to share my customer. Like, like right. right? I mean, that, that like didn't happen. And But it was actually a software manufacturer that got us to ease that a little bit because they introduced us to some resellers that were across the nation. We would mm -hmm. never compete with them. Mm -hmm. We actually ended up starting doing business with them and services with them. So anyway, uh, but some statistics here. 96% of B2B le leaders expect to increase revenue directly attributed to their partner ecosystem. So when you have a world now where B2B le leaders actually see their ecosystem as being, uh, you know, a, an area where they're going to increase their revenue, mm -hmm. that that's a that's a shift. Mm -hmm mentality, right? 57% of organizations use partnerships to acquire new customers. So, you know, th those two statistics to me lead me to believe that, yes, I think resellers are now starting to come to the realization that, number one, it is a viable way to grow your business. Right, if right. you're looking to try to get top line revenue, uh, one of the ways to do that is through a partner ecosystem. And if you're trying to get new customers, which who's not trying to get new customers, you know, that's another path of doing that. So you if that's if if you realize that reality now you just have to pivot to mentally saying to yourself okay how do i take effective use of an ecosystem right, right? right. and these partnerships that are going to come down the road because i don't want to be the old stodgy you know where <laughs> where the company i worked for 25 years ago where you know, no ain't going to happen that that company's going to die right yeah. that that company's yeah. going to go away it, it comes through an ecosystem yeah i agree and I, and I mean i think a lot of this too also has to do with just shifting attitudes about technology and like the startup culture mm -hmm. and where we've come especially on the software side of things i like what market mentioned earlier about the idea of you know the the niche software like the the point of sale for food trucks for instance yeah where you've got someone that comes up with a great idea and they see a need and they're like i see a need for something very specific and i'm going to create that something specific and maybe that's your thing is i'm great at software i'm great at coming up with mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. maybe you understand that industry really really well i understand what is needed and what is vital for that industry i get all of that but then you're going to hit that point where maybe you're not an entrepreneur. Maybe you don't understand how to scale. Ah, right. Maybe you don't know about how hardware integration mm. really works, mm -hmm. or you don't understand some of that side of it. Maybe you don't know a lot about financing, for instance. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of moving parts that you are really good at what you're doing, but maybe you don't get all the other little things that go into it. You just think, hey, I've got this great software, and mm. I'm going to sell it to these guys. Yep. But then the folks on the other end are looking at it and saying, that's great. Can you help me figure out where it fits into my current display that mm. I'm using or to the, you know, the, the cash registers mm -hmm, that I'm using? Mm -hmm. How am I going to scale this to five other food trucks along mm -hmm, the way? Mm -hmm. uh, how do I finance this? If those questions that you can't answer, that's where you need a partner to do mm -hmm. that. And I do think that's where hopefully now more people are seeing the value of 
I'm, I need to, to connect with some other folks that can help me get there. And it's not everyone's trying to steal each other's, hoard each other's business. <laughs> that's it's, right. That's maybe right. Maybe there's one point of contact that's kind of the face of it all, but behind the scenes, recognizing there's a lot of other folks that are helping Absolutely. us get there. Hey, Kate, so. I mean, like, how often do you get asked, hey, I need somebody who can do this, you know, from the partner community? Mm-hmm. Does that, does that hop, happen often to you, right? Where like your customers are coming to you and saying, hey, do you know somebody who does this or do you know somebody who does that? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I know for us at Star, we we want to sync those relationships up. If it's if we it's at the end of the day, you know, it's just like not every person is the right, you know, fit for a certain company as far as job wise. And it's the same thing for partnerships. Not every not everybody should be working together. It's just trying to find that right relationship. I have some that come to me that say, they know exactly what they want. They know who they want to work with. And that's fantastic. We would never tell them otherwise. And there are some that's like, you know, I've been looking at this partner. I'm not sure if they're the right fit. What do you think? And then we do kind of ask some qualifying questions a little bit. And then honestly, I always encourage our partners to kind of interview other, you know, to, to interview other companies. I give them kind of a list and some contacts and say, hey, reach out to these people, have that conversation with them. And then you let me know you know, are all of them a good fit and who, you know, we can kind of go from there. I think that that's exactly something, you know, I, I want to make sure that we do what's right for everybody involved because not everything is is perfect off the bat. So we want to make sure that we make as best as matches as we can. That's really smart because mm-hmm. that's that's the reality of business, right? Yeah. I, I firmly believe it's incumbent upon the channel to develop a community of partners, right? Mm-hmm. And to Kate's mm-hmm. point, not every partner's perfect. Not every partner is going to me- mesh with the DNA of a particular right. company. But it's through this ecosystem, and again, it's incumbent upon all of us to kind of vet these solutions, vet these partners out, because we all come across them. And when you look at the statistic that, you know, I, I think two years ago there were 100,000 ISVs uh, in the marketplace. By 2027, I think it's supposed to be a million. So wow. you, you just have this crush of new software development companies coming into the in the space. Well, if you're a reseller, how do you sit back and say to yourself, well, which one's the right one to go right, to? Right. I mean, if I'm going to start Googling whatever, whatever it might be, I mean, what a Future nightmare. Yeah, yeah, what exactly. a nightmare. I can't imagine it. So you have to lean in on your partnerships. And I think Kate's approach to it and Star's approach is, is brilliant in the sense that, okay, well, we have a couple partners that might be able to help you. Here, 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 try a couple right, out right. and see if it matches with your DNA. Again, that's this kind of community that I think you get out of the channel that you don't get outside of the chain, right? right? Yeah. It's a value. Well, I think it builds some trust there, too. Like oh, When you're able to sure. go and say, like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to just give you one solution that Bingo. will make you think that I, you know, have some vested interest in giving you that solution. Yeah. Here are four partners that I recommend, but I, but you know, to Kate's point, I also recommend that you go out and spend your own time with them and research them and yep. interview them. You know, yep. it's, it's almost like dating, you know? That's like, it. That's it. Like, you're not going to give somebody well, and say, hey, this is your partner for life. Sorry. Well, top you know? three things that customers, so these are end users users value, they value trust over everything. Yep. So if you are a valid or a valued solution integrator, reseller to that customer, and they trust you, that has a right, certain amount right. of value. That's and it right. might even sometimes be saying, hey, I'm not the partner for you on this. Like, yeah. this isn't my specialty, That's right. but I do know somebody who is, and I'll, yeah. you know, I'll get you, connect you up to them, too. Or Kate so. does. Yeah, exactly. Kate does, that's yeah. her job. She's a partner program. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, okay. So then let's start talking about this, you know, the idea of partnering with hardware manufacturers in particular. 
And let's start from the VAR side of things. So if you're a VAR, what should you be looking for as a VAR when you're looking for a hardware partner? What should you be asking about? What should, could you expect out of that relationship? What does that look like when you're a VAR saying, hey, I need a, I need a hardware partner. I know, I, you know, I, I, I know how to sell. I know how to, you know, maybe develop solutions and understand what my customers want, but I need to figure out how to partner with the right hardware manufacturer. Right. So going back to what I said earlier, and when we were talking about the start of how partnerships really weren't existent, it's that, and you just said at the trust level, right? And it's, you know, is that partner or that hardware manufacturer channel friendly? Um, for instance, Star only sells through the channel. We only go through distribution. We don't have any direct accounts. There isn't anything that happens like that. So, you know, finding a manufacturer that is the right fit for you that you can trust and are they channel friendly or do they have, and I'm, I'm not to say that they're, because I know that they, I've worked at previous companies where there's a lot of channel business, but then there was some direct business with some particular users, which is understandable. Um, but is that a deal breaker for you? Is, is, it, is it something as a, as a reseller, are you okay with that being there? Or are you going to have something in the back of your mind that might be like, could they be taking my customer away? Um, not to say that that's something that's going to happen, but you know, it, you need to find that partner that you can trust. Um, and uh, another thing is what kind of support do you get? And I'll kind of let Mark talk a little bit about that, but as far as what kind of support can you get from the manufacturer? So I don't know if you want to Mark. <laughs> yeah, as far as the support, a VAR is gonna to wanna to look at is there a dedicated integration team that'll work with the customer? Um, <clears throat> do they have good SDK software development kits to make the development easier? Uh, do they provide demo units? Do they have a dedicated integration specialist that will work with uh, the software provider to make sure everything's working good? And we ask a lot of questions. Um, qualifying questions. What is this point of sale uh, going to do? Are you going to have online ordering? Um, are you going to have printing in the kitchen? Are you going to have printing at the bar? So we want to kind of look at everything and then make a recommendation to that customer. And we have a, a special dedicated team that does that and that continues working with the software developer to make sure, hey, this is the way we're going to go. This is the hardware we're going to use. Now we're ready to start purchasing. Um, so it, it's a process, but we make sure that it's uh, the perfect fit. And then what we also do is, hey, uh, this is a plan B. If you have customers that aren't doing online ordering, you might want to go with this setup. If you got customers that are just point of sale, you're going to want to stick with this setup. So it varies from customer uh, to customer. And we're, that's what we do. Uh, we try to figure it out and set, up, set it up the best way we can for them. So I got to go ahead, Kate. I was kind of bringing it back to the, the VAR itself, the VAR relationship, um, you know, getting that support from the manufacturer, um, but then also what kind of visibility do you have? Um, what kind of support do you get from a marketing perspective? Can that hardware manufacturer give you co-branded collateral, something where you can promote the hardware, the whole solution, the whole shebang with your logo on it? Um, any sort of social media campaigns or marketing campaigns to do some lead generation? Um, and then just uh, maybe even having a portal to have access to a lot of tools that you might need that would make your life easier. Um, that's always having those tools re readily available to a reseller is 
what I in what I have found in my you know my tenure here at Star almost a year now, um, it's been super important for the reseller to have. Yeah, not fair. Yeah. You guys cheated because I had support on my <laughs> list as like the, one of the number one things. Uh, but Mark, let me throw you a softball. How much weight do you put behind the feedback that you get from resellers or software manufacturers as you're going through product integration or maybe even feedbacking to future product development? Uh, do you put weight behind the feedback that you get? Absolutely. Um, that, that's one of the questions we always ask. What do we need to do to make it easier for the software developer or the reseller um, to uh, to sell their product? And we always ask, what's your pain point? What what else can we can we do? What else would you like? Um, and a lot of our new technology that we're actually launching um, this year comes from feedback or ideas from our customers. And all our, all our SDKs, which is a software development kit to support integration, always comes from feedback from the customer. So basically we need the, we need the reseller to tell us what they need. And that's how we go about our business. That's how we pl uh, plan for new software. That's how we plan for new hardware. Just kind of seeing what's out in the market and what the customers are asking for or wish they had. Bingo. So uh, I, I, it was an intentional softball in the sense that I knew <laughs> that Star is one of those companies that listens. Right, and when right. you're a value-added reseller looking for partnerships, especially on the hardware side, you want a partner that's going to listen. Now, yeah. you, they may not be able to do everything that you want them to do or right. need them to do or whatever, but the listening, the feedback, the ability to have some feedback, uh, the ability to to work collaboratively to figure out issues. That is why Star has been successful and companies like Star are successful yeah. uh, in the sense that they, they'll they they'll open up that feedback loop and actually react to it. So when you are a reseller looking for hardware manufacturers, you want to press on that front a little yeah. bit. You know, yeah. hey, here's my feedback. You know, what what is your what are your thoughts? You know, how will that iterate? You don't want that going into a black hole. Whereas, you know, years down the road, it, they're not even listening to you. They're, they're not really a partner. They're just right, doing their own right. thing, uh, not listening to the feedback that comes from the boots on the ground, which the resellers really are. Yeah, I so. think that should be a part of the expectation when you are working with a manufacturer. Yeah, but not every manufacturer does they that, don't. Um, That's well, what I'm saying. It, right. it reminds me of a few weeks back when we talked about our you know, supply chain warehouse survey. Mm -hmm. And part of that was asking, you know, like, what what products do you use? You know, what devices do you use for your mobile devices, yeah. you know, for right, 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 mobile right. computers? market scanners, et cetera. Yeah. And I remember I was talking about the fact that of the list that we saw, there were a good, I don't know, maybe 30% that were manufacturers we'd never even, never even heard, heard of. of. Right, yeah. Which tells me Who's they're probably that? not part of the channel. <laughs> and which also oh, tells definitely me not. they probably are just like, you know, you know, somebody goes to them and says, I need something like, here's the latest and greatest yeah. gadget that I've right. got. Yeah, here's yeah, the yeah. one that's going to make me the most margin. This is what I'm going to sell you. Mm. And probably not a lot of that going, yeah. not a lot of yeah, that yeah. background of, let me ask you some questions. Mm -hmm, let's find out a little mm -hmm. bit more about what's happening with you and your partner. Let's yeah. let's get these details in place before we make a recommendation. Because mm -hmm. again, it goes all back to that trust. It goes back to that expectation of yep. when someone approaches you and asks you, "Hey, I need you know, I need a printer." It's it's not as simple as like, "Okay, well, here's the you know." Here's the latest and greatest Star Micronics printer that just came off the, the line. Mm -hmm. Sure, you could do that, but we know that that's not what Star and companies that are 
our viable partners in this channel are going to do. Instead, they're going to come back and say, all right, well, let's let's reset. Let's ask some questions. What do we need it for? What is it? What are you trying to do? As Mark mentioned, is it, do you need online ordering? Mm-hmm, do, you, mm-hmm. do you, you know, need mobile printing yep. of some sort? Yep. What's Once you're like? asking those questions, you're, you're building that out. And again, I think that's going to be the big differentiator between what partners that we have in this channel can in do the channel. That's right. versus all those random companies that sure you can probably go Google and find somebody that'll yeah. give you a dirt cheap price on good something. Good luck. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> good luck on getting what your customer actually needs. So. That's right. That's and right. And then you lose favor with them on the back end. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Uh, well, then let's shift this conversation. Let's talk about it from the ISV point of view, because I know that's going to be a little bit different from, you know, what a reseller is doing. They mm-hmm. might, mm-hmm. you know, they might dabble in software themselves, but let's say you're just strictly an ISV and you're, you're, you're getting yourself into this channel, and again, you you want to build some relationships, and you want to build a relationship with a hardware manufacturer in particular. What does that look like from their perspective? Oh man, it's it, there's it's quite an it's it's important for them to really again find that right fit. Um, I know one of the things that we it, it's like you said, just listening to the ISVs and with that how we partner with them. Um, but uh, does you know does the manufacturer provide any sort of support um, from the, the, the dedicated in, integration specialists like Mark had mentioned, having a, having a, have some, having someone that literally is going to test and, and test multiple times to make sure that the correct solution works with the software that they are providing. Um, is it some, is it a strong, is it a strong integration specialist that can help at any time? Let's say that integration specialist is out of town. Is there another team member that you can reach out to um, in that, in, in the event that you know the launch of a product is is happening, or you're doing an installation, and the end user is freaking out because something's not doesn't seem to be working right. So, what kind of support do you get in those moments of of where your hair might be on fire? Does manufacturer expect minimum order quantities at the get go? Because some of these ISV partners, they they're they're just starting, like they're just trying to they're they're just trying to get everything out. Um, so are there minimum quantities before getting support? Um, that's some, I mean, for us, for star, that's not something that we require. I mean, we, we want that volume, we want that business, but we understand there's a ramp up period. Um, do you get any sort of marketing assistance and help with promoting the complete solution the, 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 the software with the hardware bundle, the whole, the tablet, the, the tablet stand, the, um, the receipt printer, the scanner, the cash drawer, everything that's needed to make that particular point of sale, um, you know, to launch that out to the market. Um, and maybe you're an ISV. Do you have access to certain programs, networking programs, like we were discussing earlier? There are some ISVs that are like, look, I am really awesome. I make a great software, but I don't want to sell the hardware. What can I do? And that's where we at STAR, we have what's called our delegate program. and We match partners up. We match an ISV to one of our reseller partners. So the reseller partner can sell the hardware on the ISV's behalf. Um, that ISV can track those sales because that delegate partner is actually sending us POS reports and we can, and they, and the ISV can see that stuff through our portal. So there's like certain things that we offer to ISVs to make sure that they can, they can do what they do best with whether they want to sell the complete solution or partner with someone to help them with that complete solution. Yeah. To Kate's point, uh, no minimum requirements. Uh, the integration team, what we do, we start supporting any ISV, even if it's a startup, even if they don't have a website, uh, we 
get get on a call with them. We provide them the SDKs. We provide them demo units. No uh, minimum requirements at all. And you'll watch them. I've watched ISVs, startups uh, that have grown. And it's it's nice to watch in this last four years. Another thing is we do, we follow up a few months later, six months later, do research on that ISV, what they're using, what they're selling. And once we see some new products out that can benefit them, we'll reach out to them. Hey, uh, Mr. ISV, we got this new product. We feel like it'll work well with your application because of this, this, and that. So um, we'll even reach out to these ISVs before they even before even launch of a new product and recommend some new products to them. A lot of the times the ISV is looking for something, for example, hey, we're looking for a Bluetooth printer. And the first question is why, why Bluetooth? How are you going to set it up? And it, and after asking a few questions, they actually do not need a Bluetooth printer. They're going to be uh, charging their device, the tablet. So you can use that one connection. A, a, a lot of the times we'll even downsell them on a product that's more cost effective because they don't need what they thought they needed. So let's zoom our optics out a little bit. I, I think that's really, really valuable mm -hmm. in the sense that if you're a software development company getting into the channel play and starting to develop relationships with hardware manufacturers, you want a partner that's engaged, right? And right. we just heard from one of the best in the industry, a couple of folks obviously from Star, that, that know how to engage software development companies, mm -hmm. have the things like an SDK in place uh, that is malleable, that, that they'll listen to, that'll have feedback, you know, if, if something needs to change for the integration to happen. Obviously, they've got resources. We got them right here. Right, uh, right. The, the resources in place to to handle that, right? Whereas some manufacturers, not so much. It's yeah, like, uh, yeah. oh, well, yeah, here's here's what it does. And I don't you check it out and see if it works on our on our system. We, <laughs> you you know, try it. Good luck, you know, <laughs> with that type of thing. We've got other issues right, to deal. Right. They're, they're just not engaged in the channel. You want somebody who's engaged in the channel. That, yeah. that, that makes holistically a huge difference. Yeah, I, I love the idea yeah. of, you know, hey, we just put out a New product, we're reaching out to you to let you know about it, to let you take a look at it, to yeah, let you right. test it, yeah. to let you see how it integrates and works with your software. It's one of those things that just I, I promise you that software companies probably don't experience very often. No, right? They're probably but that's used what the to channel's all about, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, that's that that's something as an ISV I'd be looking for. Like, hey, is my partner someone mm -hmm. that is going to proactively reach out to me and tell me what's happening in their business, mm -hmm. what they're getting ready to introduce, how it might change our relationship, mm -hmm. how it might change how I go to market with my software? Yep. I mean, especially like you know, let's say you put out some brand new super cool product that everyone's going to be excited about mm -hmm. and you don't want to you don't want to be dropping in and integrating it and suddenly breaking the software <laughs> you know on the back end or something where maybe the software company themselves can elevate their game in their business maybe mm -hmm. they've been waiting for hardware to get to a certain point mm -hmm. so that they could change up what they're doing also right. and, and provide yep. better features yeah so I, I love that i think that's that's uh, that that kind of proactivity yes uh, right. can be very very helpful for someone that's you know for especially for an isv in this channel that are for again sure. really good at what they do and what they know, mm -hmm. but maybe need all these partnerships in order to to reach the end users and get to where they what they want to what they want to accomplish in the back end. So, Agreed. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, then, so let's talk about you know the timing here. You know, maybe there isn't really a good answer for this, but you know, is there is there a how early or how often <laughs> that VARs and ISVs should be connecting with hardware vendors as they work on an opportunity? Like, where do they where do they start? You know, when should they bring you at the beginning? Should it be middle? The end? Does it really matter? Yesterday. That's when they should have brought us in. 
I know Mark's probably dealt with this more than me, so I'll let him kind of take with this one because he's the one that kind of gets involved with the ISVs especially. Yeah, yeah. right in the beginning because you're writing your software. And um, so, for example, you may just have a point of sale system in the front that prints out receipts, but you may also have a kitchen. You may want to separate, like for a restaurant, you may want to separate your drink orders to the bar and your kitchen orders to the kitchen and your point of sale prints out the receipt. So there's so many nuances to it that you want to get the hardware manufacturer involved right away. So you understand what type of hardware there's available, how you would set it up in your software and what kind of SDK and codes you would need to get this working. So even, and, and usually it's the last thing that uh, uh, resellers and ISVs think about is the printing. They think it's pretty simple. You just hook up a printer, but when it comes down to launching, um, they, you know, it takes them, it, it can take a little while depending on how you want to do it. So right in the beginning, just get us involved. We'll let you know what type of hardware it is, what kind of integration you'll need, and uh, you'll be ready to go during launch. That's that's really smart. I'm going to pivot the question a little bit because I think that uh, uh, you know part of the answer here is to have a a strategy, right? Mm -hmm. A couple more statistics. You know, we talked about the fear early on in this conversation. I can actually quantify it. Ninety two percent of companies haven't mastered ecosystems and are worried about sharing such things as intellectual property and competitive right, advantages right. and stuff like that. Seventy seven percent of executives say they restrict data that is shared within the ecosystem. So, you know, th so there's fear out there. There's just, right. there's people that don't know how to interact with hardware manufacturers or, 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 or the like. And, and so really you kind of need to have a strategy. I think Kate did a really good job of early on saying, Hey, once we get over the initial hurdles, maybe of how integration happens and stuff like that, there is a lot of stuff downstream that the partnership can bring, whether it's through marketing, whether it's through business development, you need to have a strategy around that because if you're going to get into the ecosystem, leverage the whole thing, right? right Be right. all in on it. Don't just dip a toe and try to do a little here, <laughs> a little there. I mean, you know, strength comes through the ecosystem and that and that's where the opportunities are going to yeah. come. Yeah, so, I agree. And yeah. I feel like too, a lot of this comes back to what we've talked about many times before around this whole like the challenge customer thing and the yeah, idea right. of, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, when you should be getting involved in B2B conversations mm -hmm. and what's happening behind the scenes before you get involved. I mean, I know we talk, we've talked about that for in the perspective of the end customer saying mm -hmm. like, okay, we know that the end customers have a lot of conversations. They're like, what is it, over 50% of the way through the buying process before they even bother to reach out to potentially an external right. partner. Right. I think the same thing can be happening on our end of the channel as well, mm -hmm. where if you're not having, if you're not building these connections ahead of time, if you're not bringing in a hardware partner to talk about what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish and maybe what you're building and developing from a software side, mm -hmm. or if you're a reseller trying to build some solutions and go to market or you or you're aiming for a certain industry that you want to start tackling if you're not having those conversations with your partners ahead of time then you're running blind into some of that stuff absolutely because they might have a different yeah. perspective and different questions that maybe you well, weren't ready for not yet. just that but your competition probably is right exactly. and so to kate's point get, get in early and often with those conversations because there's strength behind the partnership but look if you're going to war or battle uh you know against a competitor in a certain situation you want lined up behind you the partners right yep. and so that takes yep. communication and partnership you don't want to be that island because the island's not going to work right you're, <laughs> you're just gonna i don't know you're just gonna drift out there you're not even yeah, exactly do, yeah yeah eventually so you just find point. yourself 
myself surrounded by water. So. <laughs> and sharks. All right. Uh, well, then, you know, before we wrap things up and talk a little bit about Star, you know, a little more about what you guys do in particular in this particular partner, you know, assisted uh, solution selling and world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to, as always, thank our sponsors here on the show. Thank you so much to Star, who is a sponsor of our Tech Connect program. Yes. The podcast. Thank Absolutely. Thank you for lending us Kate and Mark today. We appreciate your support of our show and, and what we do with our Tech Connect program for ISVs mm. in general. Hey, uh, we always need to know what you think of the show. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, leave us a comment. I love seeing yeah. comments. We don't get comments a lot of comments awesome. on our yeah. YouTube videos. Yeah, yep. When we do, they're either either some weird spam thing or every now and then you'll get some <laughs> random weird comment. But I love seeing comments. I love when someone says, hey, you know what? Yeah. I really like what Kate yeah. said at, you get know, engaged. at, That's at this right. point. I love how, what Mark's thoughts on, on this particular mm-hmm. thing. We'd love to hear that stuff. Uh, leave us reviews on your podcaster of choice, especially if you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating review. I'd love to see some of those. I'd love to read some of those on air. Uh, suggest topics to us. Uh, if you ever want to give us a topic, send it in to us. We always have a link in our show notes. You yep. drop us a topic, say, hey, I want to hear more about this on the show. We'll send you a T-shirt just for telling us. Just for like that. Even if a we nice don't use summer it, tea. even if I say, hey, you know what? We actually did that six months ago. Here's the link. <laughs> but we're still going to get you the t- send you a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow us on LinkedIn. Follow Blue Star on LinkedIn. You'll find all kinds of interesting stuff we got going on there. There's always recaps of the pod there, too. And also, if you want to reach out to us directly on the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod, or you can email us, techconnectedbluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up. First of all, with our value to the VAR, kind yes. of our way of being, you know, wrapping yes. up our conversation, giving a takeaway. Now, we've had a lot of already great hints about what Star does here in the channel this and is how true. you guys work with VARs and, and ISVs, but let's tap into that a little bit more. Let's talk about you in particular. What do you offer to them as a partner? How can they work with you, and what should they expect out of a relationship with Star? So I guess I'll start um, initially when you first reach out to us, um, you're reaching out to the in- integration team and we're learning about your application, your product, and uh, we're providing you the correct SDK. For example, uh, somebody that has a native iOS and Android uh, application, we have what's called React Native and you can build, if you know how to code in that, you're building two different applications with that one coding. Um, we'll provide you demo units. We will provide you a dedicated integration specialist that will be communicating with your developers. What this does is it speeds up the development process. That saves a lot of money. And we make sure that you're going, the, that you're, that you're working uh, seamlessly before we, uh, let you know, okay, you're good to go. Um, so on that, on the integration side, that's what we do. Big, small customers, new startups, it doesn't matter. We're supporting. And then once you get that going, uh, the marketing team can take over and uh, Kate can talk a little bit about that. So what we have, whenever we start to engage with new resellers or ISVs, we actually have our Empower Partner program, which I, yours truly, is in charge of. And the Empower Partner program basically offers partners, competitive pricing, no minimum order commitments, um, no, um, any, we don't expect you to do a million dollar sales and annually in order to gain access to it. Um, it's something that it's available to everybody. Uh, we have a, a fantastic partner portal, which gives you access to a variety of, as Mark had mentioned, the SDKs driver. So from a tech tech support standpoint, if you are offering your own technology support for your customers or your end users, 
you have access to a lot of tools through the portal. Um, you have access to marketing collateral, um, spec sheets. You can look up uh, SKUs if you have any questions, if you're not sure what kind of SKU that you need or what the part number is for a particular uh, product that you're looking for. Um, and then you can look up your order history as well. So there's a lot of things that in the Empower program, it encompasses a lot of the tools. It, it's meant for you to empower our partners to be as involved or as little involved as they want to when it comes to the relationship. Um, and then it also, we provide, I mean, our marketing support is pretty incredible. Um, it's, it's, I, I have a, I work with a fantastic team here at star. We have someone who's great at doing design work and video editing. Um, I have, we have somebody who is fantastic at writing, doing blogs, case studies, anything of that nature. If, you, if, you, if someone comes to me and says, hey, I need a presentation or I need a slick about this bundle that we're trying to push, I basically get it over to my design and writing team and they can put it together. So, and that's something that we don't like technically charge for. It's just something that we do as a relationship to help you get going. So we really try to provide our partners all the tools necessary to help them succeed. Um, and, and I will say between our marketing team, our sales team, our integrations team, like we all work in tandem together to make sure that we deliver a, a full encompassing successful solution for our partners. And when you're a reseller, that's exactly what you're looking yeah. for, right? You're looking yeah. for a partner that's going to be there. And I can, when I put on my old reseller hat, you know, you want a hardware manufacturer that's going to do everything that Kate just mentioned, or at least offer up those services because they're in the trenches with you. Star Micronics happens to be one of those companies that really understands the channel and yeah. understands how to embrace and empower people within the channel. So yeah. good stuff there. Yeah. I mean, basically what I just heard is, yeah, we understand how to be partners. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we got all these tools to make yeah, you. Yeah, we got all the tools to do happen. it. We get yeah. partnership. Partnership makes sense, and yeah. we will be a, a viable and useful partner for you. There so, you go. There you go. Yep. Great. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap things up, as always, with our favorite segment, What's Tech Connecting With You? This is where we get to chat about something in the world of science, tech, business, innovation, just whatever we feel like talking about that's on yes. our mind or we're yes. playing with today. Yes. So I'll let you guys start here. Uh, Mark, we'll let you kick it off. What's Tech Connecting With You right now? So what's Tech Connecting With Me right now is... Uh, this new product we launched at the NRF in January, and, and it's at the NRA show. It's the MC Label 3. Uh, this idea came from a customer. So if you know that if you're using the cloud print technology, which you place an order from anywhere in the world, it hits the server, the printer is pulling that print job from the server. Um, there's two ways to connect cloud print. So either via Ethernet or Wi-Fi. But now with this new MC Label 3 and some of our newer products, we have what's called Tetherland. What that means is when you connect a 4G or 5G tablet or cell phone, now you're pushing that internet to that printer and that printer is communicating with your uh, URL with your server. So basically it means you can be remote and using the new cloud print technology that we have right now. This idea came from uh, talking to a customer about three years ago and watching that, seeing that idea and bringing it up to star and actually now uh, launching it, it, it was beautiful for me to see because so many different industries can profit from this um, to where the industries or the ISVs or the, or the end users that don't have internet access, food trucks like we talked about last time, 
can now go cloud print remotely with a 4G, 5G device. So Tether Land, you're going to see it on all our new printers. Nice. There you go. I That's guess I shouldn't technology. be surprised that a product integration guy is excited about a cool new product. <laughs> I mean, that's, if you that's weren't excited there. about it, right, it probably yeah, yeah. wouldn't be a, a good product to put yeah, on the market yeah. anyway. Maybe so. you're in the wrong job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kate, what about you? What's tech connecting with you right now? So mine's actually not star related. So That's okay. Oh, nice. There you go. Yep. It's a, little, it's a little off the wall. So I was on my in, my personal Instagram account, just kind of like looking through stories. And my brother-in-law and his girlfriend went on a trip to San Francisco and they rode in one of those robo taxis and they wrote a story on it. And I, I still don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, I don't know about, I mean, then again, you have people behind the wheels of cars and they can't even drive sometimes, especially if those, you know, those droplets fall from the sky. Paul, right. Right, right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! But I'm watching the video of how they're, of, of this Instagram story of how this robo taxi is maneuvering around like delivery trucks and pedestrians. And it was really wild to me. So I'm like, are we really in that era now? But I, I a little so crazy for me. Kate's a little on the fence about autonomous, fully autonomous vehicles. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I get understand. it. I'm, I totally We've talked it. about this before. My yep. like, I love the idea. I want it to happen, but I don't. I want everyone else to be doing it too. I yep. don't want. I don't want me to be in the robo while other people are still driving because they're the wild card. Okay, you don't you don't want me to bring up the fact that hundreds of years ago, when elevators were stir, st put out, that people had the same fear of getting in an elevator. Right, I'm not gonna. Yeah, what is yeah. that thing that t automatically takes you up a floor? No. Yeah, but I don't have to worry about someone else driving their elevator into mine. <laughs> That's, right, that's, that's the difference. You're saying it's a little bit right. different. The that's, stakes are a little bit higher. That's yeah. my concern because at least when All I'm right, in control fair. of my vehicle, I'm paying attention to what other people are doing and can potentially react. Yeah. If I'm letting a vehicle drive me and some other idiot decides to drive stupid, I Yeah, you know. I got you. I got you. So, Kate, did they make it safe, I guess, right? They made it well, to their destination? They made it safe to their destination. But then, of course, I went down the rabbit hole of like searching because they tagged the, I think it's called Cruise. They tagged them in Instagram. So then I was going through watching the videos. And I was just like, this is wild. And I live in South Carolina. We would probably be the last to have any sort of technology. Like that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. That's All right. Pretty what good about stuff. you, Dean? All right, I'm going to rewind to the '80s to the teenage <laughs> Dean. I came home from school <laughs> and I didn't consume any news except for MTV, MTV news. news. And I am sorry to say, R.I.P. Yeah. As of May 9th, yeah. MTV News, at 36 years after its inception, is no longer yeah. a thing. So gone, Kurt Loder, Gideon Yago, <laughs> all the people that were. I think they were long gone. Well, anyway, they were long yeah. gone yeah. anyway. But still, you know, I I had a bit of nostalgia. I've I've watched MTV News in probably 30 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, that was such a part of the childhood growing up. I didn't know. know MTV News still existed for one thing. I just assumed it had already been long gone. <laughs> oh, so you had you killed it a long I mean, time ago. Because let's be honest, MTV stopped being relevant a long time ago. Well, it's not really into... music television. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's it's not what it was when we were young. No, no, no not at all. Not at all. Yeah, yeah I saw it too. It was like, it, because I agree. It was like... Yeah. But the little space to dance, dance yeah. you know, I got the whole thing. I still remember, that was my news. I still remember seeing, what was his name, Kurt... Uh, uh, Kurt... Not Kurt Loader? Kurt Loder, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. I still remember the day he announced Kurt Cobain dying. Oh, yeah. I still remember seeing that yes. particular, you know, broadcast on MTV yeah, News. It was very yeah, iconic. Yeah. So, Mark, yeah, yeah. Kate, did you guys watch MTV News at all growing up? No. Oh no! So I was 
I would come home from high school and middle school and it was all about TRL, Total Request Live. It's going to be Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, or Britney Spears, number one. And I had to know. I mean, it was it was a thing. You had to race home to to watch the. Yeah, we, we got a Fair. few years on Kate. That's that was right. when that's, we that's were. True. In, that was our college years. That was, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Stuff was going Dang on. you, yeah. Kate. Mark, so, yeah, you consumed MTV news, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. But when you said May 9th, it finally ended. I was also wondering what year because I didn't know it was still around. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that would be May 9th of this year. It just it just sunset. That's brilliant. Exactly. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I couldn't hey, tell you last time I even watched him. Would TV you just either. let me live in my nostalgia, right. please? <laughs> P- pimple face Dean back in the 80s, you know, rushing home to watch the latest. Yeah. Uh, it's weird not like I cried about and, it, but I had a flashback. We're just going to say that. All right. So, what's tech you. connecting with you? All right. So, um, I, you know, this is one of those things I, I, it's not surprising. And I know some of the electric car companies, like maybe like Tesla and some others, have already been kind of doing this, but this yeah. idea of features on demand in oh, the automotive world. Okay. Where gotcha. Rather than buying a vehicle that already has everything already mm-hmm. in it that you want, or just mm-hmm. buying what you have that's you can, got stuff you in can it, you can buy it. That now you can buy a bit, kind of a base model vehicle vehicle and mm-hmm. pay for subscription fees to yes. add on features <laughs> like for instance you know, i don't know uh, that i like where heated, this is going heated seats, heated heated seats exactly right. so there's this article in the detroit free press that basically says there's a study that came out that automakers may face tough sell with subscriptions for heated <laughs> seats remote start and other features and i'm not surprised by this because I mean, cars cost a lot of money to begin with. Oh, yeah. And even though I get the idea of saying like, okay, well, maybe now instead of a $40,000 vehicle, it's 25000 and you can add on whatever features you want to upgrade. Yeah, no. We have enough subscriptions and yeah, on-demand no. stuff no. and like tacked-on type monthly fee. I, and I, I get that we li- exist in an industry where the SaaS model is well, yeah. a big well, part of what yeah, we do. Yeah, but I think it's different here. But I think yeah. this is a place where it just doesn't fit. And it sounds like from some of these studies and, and talking with consumers that consumers are not particularly interested in this either. So I'll throw out a couple quick stats for you here from from some of the surveys. He said, um, although it said the the awareness on features on demand, first of all, is very low among shoppers, with only 21% of in-market shoppers familiar with the concept, although mm-hmm. 41% indicated an interest in it. Yeah. Uh, so they see some benefit. But then you start getting into the discussion about what it means. Yeah. Uh, this is where it falls yeah, apart. Yeah. It says they, you know, shoppers saw to it was a, the benefit they saw to it was a lower starting price. But research showed, only showed that 58% of shoppers expected a features on demand approach to ultimately be way too expensive. Uh-huh. They had concerns about data security and privacy too. Oh, Finally, 69% of respondents indicated that if certain features were only available via subscription, they would likely, likely shop elsewhere. Yeah, and I, I agree that's, with those That's folks. the kicker. I'm that way too. Yeah. I mean, I get the idea of, you know, maybe you get, like, let's be honest, we've all had a little FOMO with a vehicle. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, like, I bought my car like five, six years ago now. Yeah. My yeah. wife bought a new one a couple years back. She's got a few features in hers that I look at and go, oh man, I, I wish, wish I, I had, had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I potentially could have at the time, right. but just yeah. didn't yeah. know yeah, 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 it was something yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted. Yeah. I get that kind of stuff, but I don't know that I would ever be in a place where I'm going, okay, I'm going to no. buy this car, no. No. and then a year down the line decide I really want to have some well, heated especially seats and start me, paying exactly. 20 bucks a month for that. As, to me, especially the things that are already on cars today. like, like exactly. To me, heated seats are like table stakes. Yeah. Wait, wait, no. So you got to start with like the base model that has everything in it, and if you're going to charge me a subscription, it's got to be like net new stuff that, right. that I couldn't have already gotten on my 
whatever, right. 1984. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's got to be some significant upgrades or new some, technology that has newly been introduced. Like missile technology <laughs> or I can I can do oil <laughs> slicks. I, I need some, you know, I might pay. What your, was that game? Spy vs. Spy? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Kate, Mark, are you with me here? You know, just some road rage uh, apparatus that maybe <laughs> I, you know. Like spitting the banana. Yeah. Yes, there you yeah, go. Yes. There you go. <laughs> A little Mario Kart action, for sure. dude. No I doubt. pay twenty bucks a month for some banana peels flying okay, that, out the back. Yeah. <laughs> that might be worth it, yeah. Well, and I look at it too as like you know, all we're talking about here too is if you're going to go to the subscription model, you know, at some point that means you're going to be paying more overall for that. Oh, for sure. Over the months and months Absolutely. and months and years that you're doing Absolutely. it, compared to buying it outright, and they know that too. That's oh, exactly why they they're trying to yeah. do this. Yeah, they yeah, want yeah, a yeah. piece of that recurring well, revenue. Well, we're not there, so. again. We're not in the right demographic here because no. the younger folks are very subscription. Oriented. So maybe, but still, it sounds like this is just not may not really take off. I don't know. Although we'll I did see. find it interesting, they did mention like GM themselves even said they're going to start eliminating stuff like Apple CarPlay and Android Audio what? in their future e- in their EVs to like roll out their own stuff and have yeah. subscriptions. There's going to be some pushback. I think there. there's going to be some backlash yeah. of that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's that is what's tech connecting with us, Kate, Mark. Thank you guys so much for being <laughs> on the show today. We appreciate having you. Yep. I, until until next time, uh, you know, go out and you know. I want my banana peel button now. Get your banana peel button. <laughs> uh, get, try out a Robo Taxi. Get excited about some products, and uh, and I don't know, find your music, television news elsewhere. Elsewhere, yeah. Uh, and as always, folks, please stay connected. This episode of the Tech Connect Podcast is brought to you by Star Microtics. Okay, we just talked all about Star partnering yes. and, yep. you know, and and partnering up with partnering up with someone that like is proactive Ooh, and helps yeah, you find right. solutions that maybe you didn't know that you really needed or yep, yep. that maybe you weren't even thinking about in no, relation give to Give you a competitive advantage. Yeah, 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 there you go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Star Micronics is proud to offer both function and style with its MUnite tablet display stands and mounts Ooh. built to accompany their vast array of printers, cash drawers, scales, and peripherals. To see it's like a partnership with their peripherals. Yeah, they're yeah. just thinking like, hey, we get your buying, you know, our printers for yep. a lot of yep. POS setups and stuff. Yep. Well, guess what? We got other stuff in the mm-hmm. world of POS, especially if your partners or your customers are using tablets. There so, you go. Uh, so these all steel stands, kiosk and mounts are compatible with any tablet manufacturer and their tablet enclosures, including the popular Universal M enclosure. The M Unite stands are easy to set up and suitable for a wide range of printing out solutions from the MC Print 3 and M Pop to the TSP 143 and TSP 6. 54 series. Star tablet displays offer attractive, minimalist design, cable and wire management, and simple assembly, enhancing your customer's brand with decluttered, stylish workspaces. So nice. It is, yeah. Yeah. With Star, it's not just a tablet stand, it's protecting your valuables. Check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star account manager to learn more. Technic Podcast is brought to you by Elo. One product. Yes. Thousands of uses. Nice bold claim. Like a Swiss army knife of Digital display. One product, thousands of users. Right. Yes. The possibilities are endless with Elo's iSeries 4. From self-order and self-checkout to order pickup and virtual assistance, pair the iSeries with a variety of stands to create your perfect kiosk. Audio and video applications? Yeah, no problem. They can do that. The iSeries offers built-in digital microphones and an 8-megapixel camera. iSeries also lets retailers build engaging experiences, educate buyers, create brand awareness, and drive purchases in-store with an easy-to-use interactive platform that can adapt 
adapt as needs change. Mm. I got a built-in I.O. hub, USB-C connectivity, and optional customer-facing display, so you can easily convert your favorite iSeries into a powerful, industrial-designed POS system. I mean, they got their, there you go. their bases covered here. Adaptable platform. I love that phrase. Yes, yes. yes. Who doesn't want adaptable stuff? Exactly. Right? Yeah. To learn more and select the perfect iSeries display for your customers' needs, contact your Blue Star ELO representative. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. All right, this this is something that anybody should want to do. Make oh, more. Yes. Earn more. Yes. And sell more. Of course. And you can do it all with Zebra. Ah. Zebra partners can combine promotions, spiffs, and trading incentives for a perfect sales trifecta of nice. rewards. Nice. Sounds like something you should be betting on in a horse race. <laughs> Putting all my money on this on the Zebra sales trifecta. <laughs> Uh, developed to expand awareness with Zebra reseller community, the Sales Trifecta campaign highlights the benefits of combining eligible and active promotions and incentives to increase partner margin, motivate sales reps, and drive customer opportunities. I mean, if you're not one of those people that wants all those things, yeah, what, better what, what, margin, yeah. motivating your reps to Where get are them you? excited to sell, yeah. Yeah. driving opportunities with your customers. Holy moly. I mean, you, you do know that you're in business, business. right? <laughs> to, to succeed. Like you do. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. not just doing this because it's something to do on the weekends, right? <laughs> Right, I'm assuming. Uh, All right, to learn more about the sales trifecta, check out the link in the show notes. But you must be a Zebra partner to access and take advantage of this go. campaign.